Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Discerning God's voice. That's what we'll, we will really be talking about this morning, is hearing God's verse, voice, discerning His voice. Um, so how do we hear or understand the good news in the Word of God? How do we really hear that? There are those that are unable to hear because I think they have hardened hearts, or maybe they come with, uh, uh, maybe they pick up the Word of God, or maybe they hear a teaching and they have preconceived ideas of our judgments about the Word of God. So we need to be open, and I think almost every Sunday I pray that we will have eyes to see when we come expecting to receive from the Lord, we need to, to have eyes to see Him, uh, ears to hear His Word, not just hear the words, but really uh, hear and discern what the Lord is trying to say to us. And then most importantly, probably having our hearts open to receive. And so that's why we encourage you to come with an expectation to receive whenever you're here on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whatever that looks like. We need to be uh, coming ready to receive the Word of God. Proverbs 11.27 says, If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. How many times, or maybe we've been like this, or maybe we know people that are always just looking for a problem. And uh, sometimes that can happen in the church. They're looking for something. Well, if you're looking for something, you're probably going to find it. If you're looking for the presence of God, your presence is heaven to me, we're probably going to find that. If we're looking for flaws, uh, then you're probably going to find those things because the church is made up of people. And uh, are there any perfect people here this morning? I don't think so. I've heard it said that if you find the perfect church, don't go in because as soon as you walk in, it's ruined. <laughs> may not be ruined, but it won't be perfect anymore. So, so we find generally what we're looking for. So we're looking for Jesus here in this place. We're looking for his presence. We're looking for him to touch and change our lives. If a person is, is looking to leave the church because they are challenged by the Bible, they probably will not stay in a church that teaches the Word of God. And we teach the Word of God here. We teach all of it. We don't carve out. We don't just teach on the things that are nice and pleasant, but we teach on all the Word of God. Why? Because we want to grow and mature in the Lord. So the, the, the Bible will often challenge us. Am I the only one that gets challenged by the Word of God? Come on. All right. That's good because, because we all need to grow. And when we understand that we are God's children, think about this for a second. You are God's child, so he loves you. Uh, most children do not like being told no. As a child of God, do you like being told no? Probably not. Um, however, being told no is part of the training because God loves us. And he, said, he will let us know sometimes, no, you don't need to go there. You don't need to do that. Uh, a child may not like being challenged to grow and mature and, and uh, be more responsible. Think about a child that's being potty trained. They, they're comfortable. You know, they're like, hey, I, this, this diaper works, and I don't want to get too disgusting or graphic. But, uh, you know, at some point in time, they have to, to take that next step and learn to go to the potty. And uh, because uh, probably wearing a diaper in college is, is not really appropriate. So uh, uh, they may not want to grow and mature beyond that. But the role of a parent is to teach our children 
and help them grow into godly, mature adults. The Lord wants us to become godly, mature disciples of Christ. And that's going to cause us to grow. That's going to cause us to be challenged. That's going to cause us to look at the Word of God and not be saying, oh yeah, so-and-so needs to be reading this because this is talking about them. We need to be taking the Word of God and looking in the mirror and saying, God, what are you saying to me? How does this apply to my life? And what are you trying to teach me? If we choose to reject biblical principles and truths, we will embrace lies that damage our lives and hinder God's work in our lives and his blessings. So that's why we teach you the word of God. And we can't really, well, we can, but we shouldn't cherry pick the things of the word that we want to apply to our life. We need to take the whole thing. And it's good because God loves us and God wants us to grow and mature. And just like when you tell your child, no, you can't eat 10 pounds of jelly beans, there's a purpose and a reason for that. They would love to eat 10 pounds of jelly beans, but they would be suffering soon after for all that sugar and all that stuff that they ate. What is our mission statement at Life Fellowship? It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. So everything that we do is to help us to grow in that relationship. Our Heavenly Father loves us, and He wants the best for us. And the best way that we can grow in that is to have a personal, intimate relationship with Him. So it's not just about, well, it's not really about religion and a, a list of do's and don'ts. It's all about that relationship. I want to go to uh, Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to start at the very end of Matthew chapter 12. Jesus has been teaching and concludes by telling his audience, who, he, who his family is. And he says in Matthew 12, 50, anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. He doesn't say anyone who hears. What does he say? He says anyone who does. James 1, says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, therefore deceiving yourself. So we need to know what the word of God is, and then we need to apply the word of God, and then we need to go out and live it. We, we, uh, we have that phrase almost every time we dismiss, go out and live it. And that what that really means is go out and live what you say you believe as a Christian or shut up, really, right? Nobody wants to hear it anymore. They want to see it in action. They want to see people that are, are truly authentic in their relationship with the Lord, really love Him. And not only love Him, but love others. So God wants us to grow and mature. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Matthew 13, 3, he told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. So he began to teach in parables or stories because they were, uh, he was teaching in a manner in which they could relate. So he would teach about things that they could understand, like farming, like shepherding, some of those kinds of things. And uh, let's skip down to verse 10 in, in Matthew 13. Next week, I'm going to talk about the parable that he talks about. Uh, but, but I wanted to lay a foundation before we get to that next week. So let's go down to verse 10. His disciples came and asked him. Now, he's been teaching a parable. He's been telling them a story. So after that, his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? Reasonable question, right? And, and what he says is, he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. 
well, wait a minute. Is this an exclusive gospel? Was Jesus trying to exclude people? Did he have a select audience that he was only wanting to minister to? Did, did he not want everyone to understand? Well, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. We know that God desires everyone to be saved, so why would he say that? Well, let's look at this. Uh, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. And so Paul is writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, and he's saying, I urge you, first of all, pray for all people. And so God tells us we need to pray for all people. Well, I really don't like them. I don't want to pray for them. Okay, I'll pray for them. God, go get them. <laughs> Have you ever prayed that prayer? That's not the kind of prayer that Paul is, is telling us to pray here. So I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Continues on in verse 1. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Let's read on. Verse 2, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by God, godliness and dignity. So pray this way for kings and all those who are in authority. Are you praying for those who are in authority? Are you praying for the president? Are you praying for govern, governmental leaders? Are you praying for pastors? Well, I don't go to that church. I don't need to pray for that pastor. Yeah, you do. I don't need to pray for the president. I didn't vote for him. He's, he's your president. And the word says that we need to pray for our political leaders. Listen, as the president of the, co the country, um, you have a vested interest in what happens here. So we need to be praying for our leaders. Amen? All right. So pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Pray for all people. All right, so we need to pray. And 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. Pray a lot. So we need to be praying and pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Okay, you know somebody that's got some challenges or rubs you the wrong way? Then maybe you need to pray for them and yourself, that you won't be so bugged by that, whatever that is. I've heard the phrase, if you spot it, you got it. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> Intercede on their behalf. In other words, pray for them. Put yourself in, that, in their situation as best you can or ask God to give you revelation and say, God, I don't understand why they're being such a knucklehead. Would you help me to understand so that I can pray for them properly, effectively? And it says, give thanks for them. Lord, I thank you for them. Count it all joy when you have trials and tribulations. Lord, I thank you for bringing them into my life because they're helping me to grow and mature. They're helping me to be more kind and gracious and loving when I want to take them and choke them. Lord, I thank you for bringing them into my life. I pray that you would heal me and heal them. And Father, I pray that you move them to another house further down the street, that they don't live next door to me, whatever that looks like. Uh, but no, seriously, we need to be praying for one another. We need to be praying for those that uh, maybe rub us the wrong way and, and give thanks to God for them because God has placed them in your sphere of influence. He's placed them in your neighborhood. He's placed them in your life for a reason. And maybe the reason is so that you can demonstrate the love of Christ to them so that maybe they'll be changed. Maybe they'll be saved, healed, set free, delivered, whatever that looks like. Paul goes on to write, um, this is good and pleases God our Savior. 
So this pleases the Lord. But, but you know, sometimes we read over Scripture and we don't really take into account all that it's, it's saying. And, and this is good and pleases God, our Savior. This is another, another reference of Jesus as God. Because God, our Savior, who is our Savior? Jesus. So just a sidebar here. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. Let's read on in verse 3, um, verse 4. Who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And this is really the scripture that I wanted to get to. So the question I asked earlier was, well, is this a, was Jesus saying this was an exclusive gospel or a, only for a select few? Well, many times we know, we see in the word of God that God desires that all should be saved, that none should perish. But here's another example of that. Let me read this whole uh, verse in two and three. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And so we've, we're talking this morning about understanding the word of God. Jesus didn't intend for us to be confused about the word of God. He desires that everyone would be saved. Say everyone. everyone. And he desires that everyone would understand the truth. Who is the truth? We know that uh, the word says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is the truth. We know that he is the word. Um, Jesus, it's all about Jesus. I mean, he, he is in the Bible, throughout the Bible. And uh, so anyway, we, we want to, um, to understand that he wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Let's look at verse 5. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. Verse 6, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. He gave his life, Jesus gave his life to purchase freedom for a select few? No, for everyone. All right. So when we look at the scripture, do we find a contradiction? No, we don't. What we need to do is we need to read on here in verse uh, 11 of Matthew 13. He replied, Jesus replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. Let's look at verse 12. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. So those who listen to Jesus demonstrate a desire, a desire for more of Jesus. Um, there are people that want to learn and grow. And I, I see many of our core members that come on Sunday mornings, that come on Wednesday night. And they're coming, why? Just to come to another service? No, because they desire to grow. And those are the people that are really hungry for God. And those are the people that I'm excited about pouring into. And those are the people that, that I'm excited to see God work in their hearts and their lives and change them. But, you know, there, there are other people who are complacent. There are probably people that are in churches all, all over the world today that are complacent about the things of God. They're going to a service and they're checking off the list. Well, I went to service today or whatever that looks like. But are they really hungry for God? Are they really searching for him? Are they really yielding their life to him? Are they really listening and uh, understanding? And are they, are they open to what the Lord wants to do in their life? Or are they walled off and say, well, you know, I'll only allow the Lord this much access into my life. 
Matthew 13, 12. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. Who wants to have greater understanding of the things of God? Who wants to have more knowledge? I think we all do. So what's the key? It's to listen to the word. It's to listen to the teachings of Jesus. When we listen with a heart to learn, we gain spiritual understanding and receive an abundance of spiritual knowledge. Let's look at uh, 13, 12 again, uh, or continuing on. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. I know of people personally that have been involved in the church and growing and, and uh, you know, just really doing well. God was really promoting them in the, in the local church, and then they would get offended, or they would get their feelings hurt, or something would happen, and they would unplug from the church. And you would think that, okay, if you're at this level of spiritual maturity, and, and you unplug from the church and, and, you know, get offended or whatever, that you would just stay at that level, right? But what, what I've seen happen is that they begin to decline. They don't stay at that same level. And so the word says, but for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Verse 13, that is why I use parables, for they look, but they don't really see. Have you ever been zoned out somewhere? Yeah, and you're, you're just there and you're kind of, your mind's a million miles away and you're just zoned out and then you realize somebody's waving at you and, and you've been looking at them the whole time, but you're like... Uh, oh, I didn't see you. How did you not see me? I've been waving at you for an hour. Well, that can happen to us spiritually where we can be seeing, but we're spiritually blind. I, I think that there are a lot of people that are spiritually blind. Um, let's look at, at the continuation of verse 13. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. Wives, you ever find that with your husbands? They're listening but they really don't understand. And I have to, I'm going to have a top moment here that stands for transparent, authentic, and honest. There are times when Christine's talking, and I'll be listening, and then it goes from a conversation, and what I'm hearing is wah, 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 wah. And then I, I, I realize that we're coming to the end of the conversation, so I check back in to catch the final, <laughs> the final conclusion. I'm just being honest, and I know some of you do that too, so you know you do. And maybe some of you wives do that when your husbands. Listen, let me, uh, marriage counseling 101 here. Um, if, if your husband is zoning out, if his eyes are glazed over, realize you're probably, you probably just better get to the end and just don't hold it, hold it against him. Uh, husbands, and if, you, if you can't handle it, just say, honey, please, uh, can you spare me the details and just give me the bottom line and, uh, and we'll move on. I, I love you and I appreciate what you have to say, but I, I really can't hang with you today. So uh, just be honest with your, your spouse. But that happens sometimes. And have you ever read a scripture or a passage of scripture and you're reading it and you're like, I have no idea what I just read. I could not tell you I couldn't tell you anything about what I just read. So we need the voice of the Lord. We need the voice of the Holy Spirit to give us understanding, to give us fresh revelation, and give us godly wisdom and knowledge. So we need to be deliberate in carving out some quiet time with the Lord and then getting in a posture of receiving, getting into a quiet place and saying, God, what do you have to say to me? Or when we're reading Scripture, 
you know, sometimes we get in this habit of saying, oh, I've got to read this whole chapter. And, uh, but sometimes the Lord will say, stop. I want to say something to you right here, right now. And that's okay. We don't have to read the whole passage. We need to be sensitive to the Lord and allow him to speak to us. Uh, in verse 14, Jesus then quotes from Isaiah. And he says, this fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. Last week, I talked about Christ as a central person, object, and theme of the Bible. It's all about Jesus. And there were people that were looking for the Messiah. There were people that had the Messiah in front of him, and they weren't listening. They weren't seeing. Many of the people that Jesus was talking to did not hear or understand. They were blind to see what Jesus was doing and certainly were unable to comprehend what he was saying. He goes on to write, he's quoting from Isaiah here in verse 15. He says, for the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear. And they have chosen to close their eyes so their eyes cannot see. La, 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 la. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to see this. That's what a lot of people are like when it comes to the things of God. But we should be open to receive whatever the Lord has for us. We can choose to reject the Word of God and disobey the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, I know it's wrong to have an affair. I, I know it's wrong, but, you know, everybody else is doing it. Or this is different. You know, she just, she just makes me feel a certain way. Or he just, it's wrong. Or I, I know that here a Holy Spirit is is telling me to, to go and do this, but I really don't want to do that. I'm too tired. I don't want to pick up the phone and encourage them. I don't want to. So we make a choice many times to reject God's word and disobey the Holy Spirit. Y'all are pretty quiet this morning. Verse 15, for the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes so that their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. And I'm not just talking about physical healing, but I'm talking about emotional, mental, spiritual healing. God wants to bring health and healing to our life. Jesus is talking to them about discerning his message, about really hearing, not just hearing the words, not just reading the words on a page, but really hearing and getting it. There are spiritual benefits and also physical benefits to us hearing the Word of God, understanding and implementing these biblical truths and principles. The most important aspect of all this is our relationship with Him. That's the, that's the bottom line. That's what it's really all about. Let's look at Matthew 13, 16. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Verse 17, I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people have longed to see what you see, but didn't see it. The Jewish early prophets wrote about the coming of the Messiah, about their Savior. The Jewish people were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for him, but they missed him when he was right there in their midst. There are people today that are looking for hope. They're looking for Jesus, and he's right there in their midst, and they're missing him. There are people in churches today, 
probably, that are looking for him, that are missing him. Because they're trying to find Jesus in religion, in rules, regulations, checklists, all of those kinds of things. And they're missing it because it's not found in those things. It's found in the relationship with him. Jesus wants us to see. He wants us to see him. He wants us to hear his small, still voice speaking to our hearts. He wants us to understand the word of God. And he wants to heal our lives. We're all broken in some ways. All of us have issues. If you don't think you have any if you don't think you have any issues, ask your spouse or your friend. They'll 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 tell you. You do. But you know what? God wants to heal. He wants to fix our broken lives. And I know some of us have tried to fix our own lives. <laughs> that hadn't worked too well. We need Jesus. As we yield our life to him, we grow in our relationship with him. And he does amazing things in and through our lives. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.